it is a little bit of humbling in the sense of knowing that it could be multiple years before having that maybe opportunity to sit there with a budget and a team and achieve a goal. But I think at the same time, you come back to reality and you realize that you can lead in your day to day. You know what I mean? And I think that we talk about this a lot, Hampton, but a big part of it is leading ourselves. A lot of my guests are not located in Birmingham, Alabama, where I am, but this one is today. Yet, of course, we're still doing it virtually. I guess that's what like Gen Z's do or something. I don't know. But um, if there was a 30 under 30, which I don't think there is, but if there was, this person would be the top of the list. I've known her since college. We're really tight. She's super tight with my wife, Mallory Messer. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And actually, <laughs> Hampton is besties with my husband. So it's now Mallory Price. But that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. We're still all oh. getting used to it. <laughs> you know what? It's like, I used to hear my parents refer to their college friends as like their maiden names. And I was like, wait, who's that person? And now I just officially did that. Boyd, if you're listening to this, I love you. <laughs> Mallory Price is officially her name. Sorry for messing that up. I, I'm now ashamed. But I met you as Mallory Messer. You did. And I'm still, I'm still both. <laughs> I remember, um, Boyd, sorry, we're putting you on the spot here, but Boyd and I have roomed together. So I'm in college. We live right down the hall from each other and everything. And I remember we were, it was before school started our junior year. And he was asking me and my wife, he goes, don't know that, don't know that Mallory girl. What, 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 what do you think about her? So Boyd, we're, we're calling you out in public, but glad it all worked out. <laughs> Look at us now. Look at us now. It all worked out. Yes. Um, so Mallory definitely take credit for setting us up. Yes, she will absolutely take credit for that. Maybe we'll give her a little bit of it, but um, glad glad we're here and kind of adulting now. But um, Mallory and I met, uh, I think, mainly when you were like a sophomore at Sanford. But we both went to went to Sanford here in Birmingham and um, did some similar things in college. So I feel like have always been able to relate on this, but like. When I was thinking about who I wanted to be on this podcast, especially someone that's like in their young 20s, starting their career, it's like Mallory's one of the first people I've thought of. She's just a great leader. And we'll talk about this later, but even in her job now, she's not technically formally managing a group of people, but without a shadow of a doubt, she's a leader. And so we'll hop into that. But I want to hear just a little bit of your story Tell me about what it was like growing up. I know you were tight with your family. I know sports were a big part of your life. So just kind of take us sure. on that journey, maybe pre-Sanford, if you will. Yes. So I am originally from Mobile, Alabama, and I am a daughter of a coach, which puts its own aspect um, on it all anyway. So like the whole hard work, he would say for our family that it's like faith, family, future, maybe sports, throw it in there too. So definitely just ingrained from a little girl, of like the aspect of hard work, the importance of like teamwork. And then definitely that whole give a hundred percent in everything that you do. We don't slack. That would definitely come from having the coach as, um, as a dad, but also more than that, like such a spiritual leader. And so both of my grandfathers are actually pastors which gives me a very unique perspective to be able to grow up in a family that does love the Lord and that definitely prioritize um, church and community and time with the Lord from a young age. Um, I'm very thankful for that. And that definitely had an impact of bringing me to my own journey in my faith. Um, so like I said, from Mobile, went to St. Paul's, which I am also indebted to wonderful school, went there kindergarten through 12th grade. And both of my parents actually worked in school. 
So my dad was a coach and then the athletic director at St. Paul's. And then my mom was a teacher the whole time. And then actually she coached me in cheer in high school. So definitely like all involved. We were very much a St. Paul's family. But with that, family has always been something that's really kind of been an huge impact on me. My parents have believed in me and really always had it in my mindset that I could be and do whatever I want to do. When I look at my parents, they're both leaders, which makes it interesting sometimes at home uh, to have some fiery people who are passionate and like just love to give it their all. Um, But with that, it also ingrained into me that I could do whatever and just getting to take and learn both of their strengths and weaknesses to make me into who I am. So very thankful for that. Throughout um, high school and really throughout growing up, sports was like definitely a big part of my journey as far as the team and the relationship. And I think many people have a I guess part of their story connects to like the character development that they have through sports of learning to like give it their all and learning, you know, the what it, how to overcome losses and heartaches. I actually lost in the state championship game for soccer three times. Oh. And so, yes. So in two of the three times we're in PK shootouts. So like talking about heartbreak, I have been there when it comes to sports, but that's actually kind of connects between that and injuries and so forth into how I got to Stanford. And so at a ground in my freshman year, I was like, you know what? I love sports, but sports are not everything. And there's more to life than sports, which was a little bit, it's kind of funny, but it was a little bit of this like wake up moment for freshman me, but kind of changing that perspective of like, Lord, like what do you have for me these next three years? And like, what do you have for me for college? And after looking at multiple places, thinking I maybe wanted to work in sports, um, really came to the place of figuring out that Sanford, I think was the place that I wanted to go. Of course, being a private university, my dad was like, don't go look at it. Please go to a public university. Why are we, why are we paying for private? But <laughs> once again, that's been, that was actually a really cool part of my testimony as the Lord just kind of opened doors financially and Sanford ended up being the place that I felt like he was calling me to spend four years. So thankful for the growth, thankful for family, but that definitely is how I ended up at Sanford. Ah, that's awesome. I, I love that. God provided for you to be able to come here. Um, and even going back to the way that you were parented, uh, and I know that we all we we all weren't fortunate enough to have a really loving father and mother, but I read a book um, called Grit by Angela Duckworth, and she talks about like the best parents from all of her studies when it comes to like raising gritty children that work really hard. Um, there's this like they're supportive and demanding. They speak the truth and they love their kids. So it's like we work hard in the messer. I guess now we last name is Price, but then we work hard in the mess of our household. Yeah. We don't quit. Um, even when we fall down, we get back up, but we love you and support you too. And are going to be here for you, which it sounds like you received that at, at, at oh, quite 100%. a high level. That's what my dad, it was definitely one of those situations where my dad was like, I'm going to be your hardest critic, but I'm going to be your biggest fan. And so when things were hard, he definitely made sure to, let me have it. <laughs> but at the same time, he was the first one to pick me up when I was down and make sure that he knew that my identity was not in sports, that it was in much more than that. But whatever I was going to do, I was going to give it my all. <laughs> yeah. And speaking so, of that, the I literally the first memory I have of Mallory, we were both connections leaders, which the first weekend at Sanford is when all the new freshman students come in and we're kind of leading them throughout that experience and everything. So I was a junior, she was a sophomore and we were like, unpacking um freshmen's cars like they were showing up to college first day of college and mallory is out there like directing traffic 
just like drenched in sweat, unloading suitcases. I'm not kidding. It was the first time I saw you. I was like, this girl is serious. And so it was like, <laughs> no matter what you're doing, whether it's playing sports or like school or other stuff, I just always saw this like attitude of like, I'm going to give it my absolute all. So I guess it paid off. <laughs> yes. Hey, we make the best out of everything. That's the type of mindset that I think. And I think that that's a big thing that we also learn in sports is like mentality is everything and how we're going to approach things. And so no matter what it is, I definitely am trying to make sure that I'm giving it my all. <laughs> yes. So I know that your freshman year at Sanford, I didn't really know you then. I know that you got really involved with campus outreach, which was a ministry I was a part of. I'm sure you you can speak to that in a minute about maybe some of the impact there. Um, yes. But then like, uh, actually, why don't you start there and then we can kind of jump into sophomore year because that's really when I knew you and what I wanted to talk about after that. But. Yeah, no, for sure. So my freshman year, I joined the sorority Alpha Delta Pi and I actually met another good mutual friend of both of us who is Tori Green. And so Tori um, was older than me and she was a sophomore when I was a freshman. And she actually came to one of my friends and I and was like, hey, I want to disciple you guys both your freshman year. And so we were like, sounds great. Sign us up. And so with that, we began meeting weekly and Tori and us who just really like picked a book of the Bible and dived in deep and just was trying to learn and figuring out growth. Because as you know, those four years of college are such impactful years into who you're going to be, which is a big reason why I picked Sanford was I was like, I know the type of people that are here. I believe in this community. And I feel like this is a place that I want to spend these four years that's going to be molding me into who I'm going to be. And so with that, um, Tori was like, hey, you have to get a beach project this summer um, through, this, through our uh campus outreach, which was that campus ministry. And so after time of going back and forth, and like I said, kind of another pool situation where the Lord uh, really kind of directed me there and opened doors financially, et cetera, I ended up working at Walmart for the summer and was at Beach Project. Yes. Loved it so much that I went, uh, came back and just really was on fire more and more. And like I said, so thankful to grow up in a church that mentored me from a young age and had lots of different mentors, um, different women who spoke into my life, but also very thankful to have that throughout college, to have that stability and that foundation to just kind of be in a spiritual greenhouse through that ministry. And so we, um, I think when you do it with people around you, that is what incites that fire even more. I think the Lord focuses so much on community there. And so being able to come back sophomore year after a summer being like diving into the word and being a summer where I had a room leader that really was supposed to support me, that I really got to be in that spiritual greenhouse and just look at myself and my own faith was huge to be able to just grow and say, okay, Lord, like, what do you have with this? And how can, you know, me and my friends that are all spending the summer le learning and diving into you go back and have an impact on those in our sorority and like our other friends um, and so forth. Yeah, that's so good. There's a couple of things that I want to mention um, for if you're a listener and maybe you're in college right now or maybe you're, you're recently out of college. I think that your 20s, this is something that a lot of us waste. We kind of coast in our 20s and wait for life and to ha life to happen to us. And it doesn't really work that way. And one, um, I think what's cool is the best leaders don't just like build followers. They build other leaders. So that's what Tori did. Shout out to Tori. She said, hey, Mallory, let, let's let's. Um, Let's meet weekly and then, hey, I want you to go to this thing too and spend a summer at the beach working at Walmart, looking out, you know, learning how to work hard, but then also learning what it looks like to be a real follower of Jesus um, yeah. so that when you go back to college for your next three years, you can invest in the next Mallory. And so Mallory did that in a huge way. Um, and I just think the message here is like, 
be really intentional about how you spend your summers. You don't get summer breaks when you graduate college. And so if there is a camp that you can go to um, or an opportunity where you can grow and develop your leadership skills, or uh, if you're a Christian, go and develop those things, like, please go do that. Um, there will always be another internship. Frankly, for anyone that like I would be looking to hire, spending you know a summer doing what Mallory did, that I, I would rather see that than somebody that did an internship. So that's a side, a little side note there. I know you learned a lot, but really I think some of the foundational things that you learned that summer set you up for those next three years of college, which is really when I got to know you and started to see a lot of stuff. So I know that um, you found yourself. I, I remember you finding yourself in definitely a leadership position within ADPI. And then an opportunity came up for you to really step into one. So I definitely want to hear that story. I don't know if there's any other like big things that happened like your sophomore year, but definitely want to hear that eighty pie story. Yes. Um, so like I said, came back sophomore year and we were like, okay, how do we impact others in eighty pie? And then so forth. I mean, the it was really cool because obviously always being a sports person, loving the idea of a team, but really just like fell in love with having such strong like friends in the sense of being able to like pour into other girls and so forth. And so with that at um, ADPI, we were able, I was actually able that spring to become president. And so that was just kind of a, through a unique situation that wasn't expected actually, which made it even cooler. But that gave me a great opportunity to say, okay, how do we, you know, make an organization of 250 girls flourish? And how do we impact every single one of these? And because I think that really this was as much as a sortie is fun and so forth. It's also a business in a lot of ways. And so it really kind of challenged me and gave me the opportunity as president to say, okay, we're as strong as like our weakest members here. So how do we move everyone up, you know, so forth. And um, that I think really challenged me to think outside of the leadership piece of just doing my best and what I am, but maybe bringing into that idea of being visionary. Um, I think that leaders are able to cast vision. I mean, I think it's the truth when it says that people without vision perish. And so for me to be a great leader in that moment, it was like, okay, if we're going to have this story, if we're going to have any like, what are the goals for the year? Like, why are we here? What, how do we make the best out of it and so forth? And then not only do, how do we have the goals, but how do we have every individual bought into pouring into this whole idea of sorority and so forth. If that's like the dance competitions, or if that's like this idea of wanting to multiply um, like believers inside of it through Bible studies, discipleship and so forth. And so I think that was the first time that I really saw what, like how important being like having a vision is when having, when wanting to be a leader. And then also how to let others believe in that vision, see that vision without you, of course, pushing it down their throat too. Yeah. Wow. That, that's, that is a great insight right there and a great story to think back on. Now, for those of you that missed that, Mallory was a sophomore. So it was her second semester sophomore year. There was a class, not only a class of juniors above her, but a class of seniors as well. And so that can be some big shoes to fill when you've got older people saying, okay, this Mallory chick, <laughs> this girl is a sophomore. She's our leader now. I mean, what, what did that look like? I was there. I saw it. I know you crushed it, but like, I mean, what was that like navigating having lots of people that were older than you? Yes. Well, and truthfully, going into that story, it was a little bit of a unique situation. Um, and so, like, I didn't get to start the year out, but there just became an opportunity a few months in that allowed me to 
decide to run and move forward. And I was actually executive vice president and said, saw the position for president came up and was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for this. I know I'm a sophomore, but I'm just going to go for this. And I think first is as any election goes, I felt the confidence to move forward in the fact that like I was elected through it. And I think that there were other individuals that were the juniors and seniors that gave me that encouragement um, being younger. I think a big part that pulled me through is just this idea of like, I did have the vision. I did love, I did know like why everyone joined. And I think building those relationships. And so I think the first part was if I had not put in the involvement, you know, my freshman and sophomore fall to build those relationships and to really like dive in deep, I wouldn't have been able to be where I was so early. And so I think that that connects to like what you're saying, a lot of even where we are now, like there are going to be days and times and opportunities that will come eventually for us, hopefully in the future to be able to step up in leadership roles. But really to get there, we have to start with that freshman year and that sophomore fall of learning the ropes and learning who we are and getting involved in building relationships and so forth. And so if we're not fully putting in the effort, then it's not going to be able to give us those opportunities down the road. And so I think that that really kind of helped me by making sure that I was giving, you know, figuring it all out, learning, putting time and effort into something that I knew I wanted to grow and develop in. And honestly, I was just very thankful that the freshmen, I mean, the juniors and seniors did have that mutual respect and did receive it well and together and making sure that they were still involved, even though I was a sophomore, to continue out president for the year. Ah, yeah, that's really good. And I love how you even brought up where we are now. She, Mallory and I both, and we'll speak to this in a minute, are in sort of that freshman, sophomore year period of our career. So we'll talk about that here in a minute. I kind of want to get through the rest of college of because I know you were you kind of finished out a, a term as president. And once you were done, were you burnt out or did you just say, let's let's go for it again? What happened? No, I was crazy. And I said, let's go for it again. And I think um, as funny it is looking back, because I've also had like some close friends, of course, there were other presidents that were like, no, nah, I was one year and done. Um, but I think that API was one of those situations that it hadn't been that I hadn't had leadership experience before throughout high school and so forth. But that was an experience that was none other when it comes to like being a leader. In the sense of, I think part of it was it made me realize how much I was studying, you know, my degree was going to be in business administration. And that really opened my eyes through 85, how much I love the business aspect of from meeting with our, you know, our financial individual at that time and dealing with the multi-million dollar budget at the time to how to impact these individuals. Where does this money go? How does this align with the vision and so forth? And so really my first year of being president, I just fell in love with it. And um, I think that that kind of connects to like career goals for the future, you know, and so forth. And so having those two align really made me say, hey, I want to do this again. And truthfully, I think just like in everything else, the big like burning passion, I guess, or desire to continue forward was the fact that I already had the year experience and knew I had the opportunity. Because I was like, I have learned so much in year one that's really going to make me better and set us all up better to have an even more successful year two. I've been able to go through the hard um, issues and have the questions that we did of um, just kind of knowing what to expect and how to make everything better from the year that I did, writing down the lessons learned all year. And so I think that the biggest driving like force for me to run again was the fact that one, I felt fully confident that working in business in the future is where I wanted to be. And that was like the best business experience, truthfully, I think I could have, because I felt like in a lot of ways I got to run a 
business with the board of advisors. And then the second piece was I learned so much that for me, it just was so exciting to think I can take all that I've learned and make it even better and do this another year. Yeah. I, and I mean, there, there's really not much better leadership experience. I mean, at your age, than I mean, leading 250 other girls, having a multimillion dollar budget, having a board to uh, speak to, having people that are older and younger than you that are looking to you. I mean, it's a, it's a big opportunity. And so um, I, I just think that you stewarded that really well. And also for anyone that's been in, been in uh, Greek life leadership, um, Mallory had it good because, well, not that you were lucky or anything, but I think that fraternities and sororities are kind of destined to fail because they turn over new leadership every year. And what business do you know that gets a new CEO every single year? They're going down the drain. So it's, it's set up for challenge. I like that your answer that you got to say, here's what I learned in year one or, or year half. Cause it was really like half a year. And then now I'm going to take it and grow. And you definitely did that. I, I, I got to see a lot of it. Um, but let, let's finish up college here because I know there was a couple other key things. Any other like, key events or opportunities you had? I know like ambassadors was a big one, but anything in college that like really developed you as a leader? Um, Mallory also won't say that she won homecoming queen. She wouldn't say that. So I just shout out for that. But I want to hear just about like any other big, big moments or opportunities you had in college. Yes. Um, I think another area that really grew me a lot going back to first beach project was second beach project. And so was given president that spring, grew a lot of that, and then got to go back to Beach Project my second summer as a room leader. And so this time the mindset completely switched because I went from being the bottom of the spiritual greenhouse of just getting to pour, pour, pour. So I still had people pouring into me, but then it was me having to pour out. And I think that that's something that um, is just like it's again kind of connects to like the managerial experience as our focus is so much on business of it's so easy for us to receive that growth and receive that development but then when you're having to also be in charge of and figure out the best ways for others to grow the one thing that really helps me and i think made me a better leader is realizing that not every person has to be led the same way and not every person like responds to like different ways and different avenues of leadership. And so I think that that summer, as I was living in the same room with these, with these girls, figuring out their personalities, figuring out, you know, areas and opportunities for them to grow in different ways, but also just loving them and leading them through a place of service first. It definitely made me take a step back and say, okay, we have three completely different individuals here with three completely different stories, three completely different goals for this summer, et cetera. Not only am I here to grow and just, lead them in a Bible study, I'm here to figure out how to make the most of their summer. And I think doing that, like opened my eyes to say, okay, how I'm going to reach one girl is not how I'm going to reach the other. And I think that just as how that works spiritually, that's how it works in my presidency of 80 Pi. I think that's how it's worked in my other leadership opportunities I had in college and so forth, is I think the best leaders can like explain stuff and relate stuff to multiple types of individuals. And so I think that that was like the beginning of a process that kind of continued to develop in other leadership roles inside of like ambassadors as well, when we went through the selection process. And so when I was an ambassador, I was vice president and we actually got to select the next group of ambassadors. And I think that that's another important part that I learned was saying, okay, here's lots of different individuals here who all have strengths, but who's the best to join this group? 
and getting to like be in charge of selecting that group with my two other leaders was a lot of responsibility, but it also was an opportunity to open my eyes. That's like, okay, how do we, you know, it's not really about how we're in charge. It's how do we steward this best and how do we take these individuals and let them be best for the future, even when we're not here. And so I think that's another big part that I learned in college was not only reaching people where they are and then figuring out the best strengths to make the best team to move forward, but also just connecting the dots of how do we steward things well. And then when I'm no longer vice president or president, when I graduate, how do I set organizations up and groups up where I feel like they're still going to be successful and have the right players on the team to continue without us? Guys, Mallory is 23, 24 years old, and she's talking about things that like when I'm talking to a CEO sometimes, like I'm not hearing these themes. You're talking about being a good steward, situational leadership, succession planning. I think that a lot of times it's the leaders or people with leadership titles have this me, me, me mentality. So they're not thinking successionally. They're not thinking about the leader behind them. And Mallory just said, hey, I'm this whole life, this whole world, every opportunity I have, I'm going to steward it well. It's bigger than, than Mallory Messer, Mallory Price. I'm going to develop the people behind me. And then also, I think the best leaders, um, I shared this recently. I learned this a lot. Leadership is like all about who you are, not really what you do. And it's focusing on other people. So when you're others focused, you realize that everyone wants to be led differently. And I think that that's like a huge thing that, that you just shared there, which I love. Um, so that was great. Can you tell us, actually, at some point, I want to hear a little bit about like your role right now at High Five, but one of the, the biggest things that I have realized as Mallory and I share this, it's you grow up and you play sports and you're a captain on your team and you are on SGA in high school and then you go to college and you serve in your Greek life and a ministry and ambassadors and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's like you graduate and it's like, oh, wait, I people immediately like, oh, I'm not leading someone. I, I don't, I'm not leading when I was leading 200 people. Now, what do I do? And if you listen to this podcast long enough, you know that you're still a leader. You're a leader to someone, whether you have a title or not. Um, leadership is much more about influence than title. But like, what was that shift like for you? I mean, first off, like, had you thought about it? Were you expecting that? And then, you know, what does that look like now? For sure. Um, I definitely was a similar experience, like you said, of you graduate and you're going into the, the workforce and you're like so thankful and you're like, oh, look, I did have some experience, but I also have so much to learn. So I think that there was this like mix of going into this place of part of me felt like, you know what, I do have stuff to bring from the experience I think sets me apart. But then at the same time, these feelings of I have so much to learn still. You know, and truthfully, that was a big, you know, kind of connecting one piece that I think was really beneficial for me and kind of led to my decision of high five was through the interview process um, and all the companies and so forth. When I interviewed at high five, there was two individuals that interviewed me that are um, one is our chief operating officer and one is our vice president of Indo. And so they sat across the table from me. And these were two females that had uh been working for multiple years, not to expose them, but multiple years uh, in in the in the business, and just had so many experiences too outside of the business. And so for me, knowing really about the goal of wanting to be able to lead one day, I sat there and said, "How awesome would it be that I would get to learn from these two who have so much experience, who are you know thirty plus years older than me, 
And I get to like really engulf everything that they've learned to help me grow. So I think that there was this mix of like a little bit of the thought process of wanting to be under the leaders to set me up for the future and recognizing that I had a lot to learn. But like you said, you still have this desire after leading for a while. I still have this desire that I was like, well, I still want to lead. I feel called to lead. I feel like this is some of the, you know, the strengths that I have. This is how I grew so much and really just enjoyed it, Um, which I don't know if everyone enjoys leadership, but I do, you know, just the opportunity to have that way of motivating people and reaching a common goal and feeling like you have any way to push people and help like serve the way there. Um, so it definitely was a little bit of a torn. So it's like going to grow, but this is kind of different in how to adjust. And I think at first it is a little bit of humbling in the sense of knowing that it could be multiple years before having that maybe opportunity to sit there with a budget and a team and achieve a goal. But I think at the same time, you come back to reality and you realize that you can lead in your day to day. You know what I mean? And I think that we talk about this a lot, Hampton, but a big part of it is leading ourselves. We go back to that freshman, sophomore year, and it goes back to the, we're in freshman, sophomore year of career. And it's how much can I learn? How do I get myself prepared for that opportunity? And so a lot of times right now I'm sitting here and I'm saying, okay, did I like how this uh, individual led in this situation? Or how could I of lessons learned from this? Or what are some of the great things that this individual did that I can kind of put in my toolbox for the future? And so I think that for us to really be able to be the best leader, we have to take that time to take a step back and really grow ourselves. And I think that it's kind of like that change of mindset right now and noticing, okay, first I can lead myself by figuring out how I can grow and how I can develop and little nuggets that I can learn from lots of amazing leaders around me. But then that goes into making sure that we have amazing leaders around us that we're building relationships with. But I think that that was like a big piece of one, having to adjust, but two, making sure that I'm strategic to say, who can I learn from to like prepare me for the future? I think was like the biggest thing. Golly, that was good. For those of you that have like grown up in leadership positions and you're sort of in a similar similar situation to what I'm talking about with Mallory, there's a correct answer to the question that I posed for Mallory and she answered it right. It's like <laughs> from every like executive or, or higher level person in a company, they are looking for someone who wants to learn, be an aggressive learner. Like if you can show up at 22 years old and say like, yeah, I want to be a leader, but like, I know I'm going to start believing myself and I'm just going to learn that is going to launch you so far. I think that the best advice that I got when I was trying to figure out where to work was someone said, Hampton, where are you going to grow the most? Forget about really what you're going to make. Of course, you got to make money, but like spend those first at least two, maybe three years saying, where can I grow the most? And that will launch you so far. I think that a lot of people get caught up in uh, maybe a corporate ladder that they feel like they have to climb and it could, and nothing against that, but maybe that leads to burnout or something. Learn as much as you can. And I know you're doing that. Um, so can you tell me just a little bit about like your role right now at High Five? And even like when Allery explains her role, you're going to hear, okay, maybe she doesn't have a leadership title, but she is absolutely leading in basically every capacity. So I just want to hear a little bit about that. Yes. So I work for a company called High Five Healthcare. And so we um, work with endodontic and oral surgery practices. And so for me, um, the endodontic practices in the state of Alabama is actually who I work with. So my role is kind of twofold in a sense. I'm an account manager 
and I'm the direct contact for my practices, like when it comes to the doctors and the practice manager and really any team member in those practices. But then I'm also the project manager because here at High Five, we have lots of resources and that's why we uh, desire practices to join High Five is because we have lots of resources to serve them and feel that we're better, stronger together. And so with that, I am a project manager that's looking at my practices to say, okay, here, what are your needs? How can we help serve you? What are some opportunities in our in the practice to make it better? Okay, let's use some of the resources here. And so that's when I work with teams um, here at High Five to then figure out the best solutions for our practices to make sure that we're, at the end of the day, providing the best patient care that we can. And so with this, I get to have lots of frequent conversations with practice managers and doctors, which is um, a lot of fun as I'm having weekly calls actually with the practice managers and getting to build relationships with them and understand their practices, but also kind of being an outlet of um, just opportunity for discussion, opportunities to take a step back and look at the practice holistically, um, and then figuring out, you know, how can we make the best out of every situation with the amazing resources we have at High Five. Wow. Um, and, and that's a super important job. I mean, if, if you listen carefully to what she just described, I mean, you're dealing with doctors and practice managers and like we know how important healthcare is. And I know that like taking a lot of the admin business burden off of a practice's shoulders is a, a super big deal. And you're like leading the charge there. So that's super cool. Y'all check out High Five. That sounds awesome. And then finally, to round us out. I think a lot of times um, as a 23, 24, 25 year old, when people find out that uh, you're married, people are like, oh, my gosh, you're married. Like, how does that talk? Let, let's hear about Boyd. Boyd is a wonderful friend of mine. But like just even what it's been like getting married and, and learning about that. And then also, <laughs> like, why would someone get married at at such a young age? You know, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, no, I know. Um, so like he just said, Boyd and I met at Stanford and Boyd is amazing and actually in medical school at UAB. And so that was part of the reason that really kind of together we decided to go ahead and get married, I guess at a little bit of a younger age, was this whole concept of if he's going to be in medical school, this is going to be a journey. And so we might as well do this whole journey together. And so it's like, why start two years down the road when we could start now? Um, we have learned so much in our first year and a half of marriage. It has been a blessing. It has been sanctifying. It has been, um, but also fun. And like, I think the biggest thing, and this probably connects back to like my sports mindset, but it's like growing in that relationship and knowing that like, I have this teammate that gets to do everything with me has been amazing. And so like cheering him on through medical school has obviously been a lot of fun, but also watching, you know, the sacrifices that we're kind of both making as that takes up so much of his time right now, but also cool kind of connected back to my faith piece of it. Of I studied business and had no idea I was going to be able to work in a healthcare company right out of college. And I have learned so much of what it looks like to manage a practice from high five. And so with that, when it comes to AR and insurance and all the fun pieces of healthcare, I've gotten such great exposure that I know that it's just kind of part of the plan um, for me to be able to use that down the road to support Boyd. So very thankful for him. Obviously, first years out of college, couple years out of college, first years married, we are figuring it out. And post-grad is definitely a little bit of an interesting season. You go from having all this community and time that even it's a, it's a different type of time because you might have been super busy in college, but you still had a little bit more flexibility when it comes to the different things that you're involved in and what you fill your time with, where obviously now 
at least from eight to five, you're at the office, period. There's no jump into a coffee shop a ton of times when you're working day to day and et cetera. So I think that kind of adjusting to that mindset of, okay, this is the beginning of forever is like exciting, but also makes you kind of take a step back and realize that, you know, there's a lot of time to continue forward. And, you know, what do we want this path to look like together and individually? And so just learning that together, it can be um, overwhelming at times to know, you know, we have a lot of time to grow and develop and, and figure it out. But at the same time, it's kind of cool that we have each other and it's kind of cool to see how things are aligning as we pursue it all together. So we're super excited. We've learned a lot. Uh, we've learned a lot together, which I think just really kind of builds our foundation and makes us stronger for the future to kind of start off at a younger age to say, okay, here we go. Wow. Um, you and Boyd are awesome. I'm a big fan of the prices and I love how like God has orchestrated all this to work together. So I'm just going to say this so that when we listen back in 10, 20, however many years, I get credit for this. <laughs> Boyd is going to be the best doctor in the state of Alabama and Mallory <laughs> is going to be the mayor of Clanton. I'm calling that <laughs> right now. Mallory, thank you for joining me. This has been an absolute blast. Y'all go learn from her. She's the best. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Hampton, for having me. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, folks, time for reaction steps. I have two of them, but they're both very important. Number one, be curious and be an aggressive learner, especially if you're earlier in your career. Every mentor that I've had, anyone that's older than me or, or has been in their career for quite some time has said, they love the people that just want to learn. And Mallory is clearly doing that early in her career now. So be an aggressive learner. And then two, invest in yourself now so that you can invest into others later. In other words, lead yourself now so that you can lead other people later. Look back at Mallory's story. Her freshman year of college, she got really plugged into a campus ministry where she had a lot of people pouring into her. And then what did she get to do? Pour out to other people from there. What is she doing right now with work? She's learning and learning and learning and being mentored and poured into so that later on she can pour into and develop other people. I'll see you next week. It's time for you and me to wake up and lead.